Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Last week I wondered how you would respond to the content and context of the Godcast All Things Part 1. What, if anything, did God bring to your mind? Genesis proves God is in the beginning, and Jesus promises eternal life with God and it has no end. You believe him, don't you? Then you must accept that God is all throughout the middle. Jesus says in Revelation 22:13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Then Jesus has to be the Anamasa in order for all things to make it to eternity. Therefore, God is causing all things to accomplish what he desires, which is the evidence he was, is, and will be forever glorified in all things within his creation. Amen. You need proof? You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship, the Way of Life, All Things. Yes, my fellow disciples, all things. I wonder, what did you do last week when you heard, in the beginning, God? And that was all you heard. When it was just a little over a minute. I know there are several who know me personally couldn't believe it, but all I can say is, but God. Nonetheless, did God cause you to meditate on him? Did God bring into focus his creation? You know, the people, sky, sun, moon, trees, flowers, plants. You know, all the things God created that humanity takes for granted. Did you feel the wind or breeze on your face? Did God cause you to look at your own life? Did God bring to mind your spouse that he blessed you with? If getting married... Did God bring to mind the helper or the spiritual leader that he's preparing for you to fill the void of loneliness, if divorced? Did God remind you of his forgiveness so you forgive and the healing for the hurt and pain commences? How about God's grace and mercy? Did God bring to mind your family? How about your extended family, your sons and daughters-in-law? If you have adopted children... Did God remind you of the opportunity to demonstrate love for another as he loves you because you have done it for the least of them? Did God remind you of the confirmation and evidence of his work being carried out in your life? And because God has done all these things, are you thankful to God for his loving kindness that's new every morning? Do you have grandchildren? Did God bring to mind their lives? Did you thank God for his blessing in this new aspect of love you're experiencing because God is love? Did God bring to mind the disciples he placed in your life? Did you thank God for writing his word on the tablet of your heart? Did you thank God for the job you have, the home you live in, the food you eat, and the water you drink? Did you marvel at the work God has carried out in and through your life? Did God remind you of the day of your salvation when you were dying in Egypt and God in the kind intention of his heart delivered you from the domain of darkness? What about God's deliverance from the bondage and captivity of sin nature and the hurt and pain and disappointment sin caused in your life and its painful effect on the lives of those in and around you? Did you thank God for where he placed you? So that you can be his instrument of light bringing his truth as their disciples? to those God has placed in your life or you and theirs? Did you thank God for your trials and circumstances and events he has caused as he is conforming you into the image of his son? 
Did you thank him for his word and spirit that's alive in you? Did you have to go into the farthest recesses of your mind to find the sin that used to occupy your mind 24-7 and your heart is hard as stone as you lived in total rebellion toward God? Did you thank him that you are now quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger because of his spirit? Did you thank him that you are a new creature? Did he show you the evidence of the fruit of the spirit that is now apparent in your life? And now you're living in the freedom that God has brought forth in your life. Did, do you consider all the prayers God has answered in his timing and faithfulness when you thought he wasn't even listening? Did God bring to mind all the times he revealed himself to you? Did God allow you to look back and see all the blessings that were not apparent at the time and all you can say now is, but God? Did God show you his fingerprints on your work? Did you see his fingerprints and yours was nowhere to be found? Did God show you his footprints in the sand when he was carrying you? Did God reveal his faithfulness, his love, his grace, his mercy, his compassion, and his forgiveness? If you're going to talk about God's sovereignty, <clears throat> excuse me, then it really did make sense that God would just place his name at the core of this Godcast and the forefront of your mind. So yes, my fellow disciples, in your beginning, God. You know, I didn't realize it at the time when the entire Godcast was just in the beginning, God. But now, God gave me understanding. And I pray God gives you understanding as well. And as we grow in understanding that it was God, is God, and will always be God, making the dead come to life, and you're alive because God made you alive, my fellow disciples. And now, as their ambassador testifying to God's divine work being carried out by God the Holy Spirit in and through your life and in the lives of others. Has God provided you with a better understanding of Philippians 2.13? For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. Did you testify this week about the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent? Did God remind you of your calling to live out the Great Commission with a Great Commission mission mindset? If you answered no to these questions, God is saying something. I wonder if he's making you listen. You got to know you have breath in your lungs because God breathed the breath of life into you today. You heard the alarm or you woke up today because God woke you up to hear it. Yes, God is sovereign and maintains and asserts absolute control over, in, and through all things within his creation. And it's truly deception to think or even consider that a created being which came from dust will return to dust, can control, thwart, stop, or allow anything, an infinite, omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent God that exists within and outside his creation has any power whatsoever that could change what the word of God has ordained through his sovereign will because God knows exactly without any hypothesis speculation or supposition no he knows exactly what's going to happen to you in four hours because he's the architect 
and you're completely clueless as to what can happen in your life within the next minute. Did you stop and meditate? Did you pray? Did you thank God? Or, after you heard the Godcast, part one, in the beginning God, did you just go, hmm, interesting, and then just move on to the things of your day? Well, the plain old truth, whatever you did or didn't do, you can rest assured that too, my fellow disciples, is all a part of God causing all things to occur within his creation. You better believe that. Yes, all things. You know, when God says all, he means all. Amen? So, what do tell are all things? Well, hold on. I have a better way of question. Excuse me, a better way to ask that question. What is not all things? Because the simple truth, all, means completely, entirely, and totally. In other words, the whole shebang, the whole kitten caboodle, the whole enchilada, the whole ball of wax. Now, may I ask, if you were to look at all things with an NGA, you know, no gray area mindset, you would either have God doing all things or God doing nothing. Now, how do you spell nothing? Isn't it N-O-T-H-I-N-G? Now, you decide. What will you believe? All or no thing? All things or no thing? Now, I presented you with quite a few questions today. How about some truth? Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Wouldn't you want to know for a fact that God is the creator and did actually create all things versus some coincidence, fluke, or happenstance of a collection of created elements that were created by the creator that created the earth and that the deception of the earth was formed from created elements? Let me repeat that. Wouldn't you want to know for a fact that God is the creator and did actually create all things versus some coincidence, fluke, or happenstance of a collection of created elements that were created by the creator that created the earth, that the earth was formed from created elements? So here's your choice before we dive into all things, because if you struggle with this truth that the only true God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, then that would explain why you struggle, period. The plain old truth, God said the earth was formless and void. Now look around you. Do you see shapelessness or distinctiveness? Do you see emptiness or purposeful? Now you either believe God did or you believe God didn't. That's your NGA, no gray area. Do you believe God created all things, yes or no? Because if you fail to believe what God says, and that's all of what God says, you know, the completely, entirely, and totally, all of what God says, that explains more about your spirituality, excuse me, than you realize. Let me say that again. If you fail to believe what God says, and that's all of what God says, you know completely, entirely, and totally all of what God says, that explains more about your spirituality than you realize. Now let's dive in. First, it would be difficult to explain something that was true if you didn't have the truth as your guide. So here's the truth as our guide. 
If you've ever served on a jury, you know you need the truth to render an innocent or guilty verdict, do you not? And the plain old truth? All of it boils down to either the truth or a lie. And the truth will be based on witness testimony, and that testimony is steeped in truth. You can count on that. So, we know this as the truth. Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Lord and Teacher, the Great I Am, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, the Good Shepherd, the Gate, the Bridegroom, the Light of the World, the Vine, the Bread of Life, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Author, Perfector, Word of God, and Creator. Our first stop will confirm the addition of the word Creator to God's list of different names. I've testified on several occasions that Colossians is one of my favorite books and Colossians ones bring forth an amazing truth an amazing truth and by the way so does all of the other books in God's Word and they're all about Jesus for a matter of fact but today these passages are coming from Colossians and will set this Godcast in motion amen so here we go it's Colossians 1, 15-17. God says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, you should know why this Godcast is titled All Things. Because God says four times all things. Amen? Every disciple God equips to live by his commands have their eyes fixed on the Lord and Teacher, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Word of God and Creator, and recognize when God speaks, everything sits up and pays attention. Because God is making his testimony very clear. It's all about Jesus. The physical aspect of life is limited, where the spiritual aspect of life is unlimited. Let me repeat that. The physical aspect of life is limited, where the spiritual aspect of life is unlimited. For example, in the physical, you have the mitochondrial DNA from your mom, which confirms your blood relation to her. As disciples of Jesus, God the Holy Spirit's occupation, you know his presence and work, would be the same as the mitochondrial DNA shared between mother and child. God the Holy Spirit creates this spiritual relationship between God and their disciples. Mitochondrial DNA is the evidence of the relationship in the physical world and it's limited because certain people have mitochondrial DNA and their DNA matches. The presence of God's Spirit is the evidence of the spiritual and His presence is unlimited. In the spiritual, only God's chosen people possess his spirit, and it matches every disciple. And that's the plain old truth. So cogitate on this. Jesus is the image of God the Father in both the physical and the spiritual. Here's your proof, and we'll move on. Philip, a disciple of Jesus, asked Jesus a question, and it's documented in Jesus' disciple, John 14, 8-11. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own initiative, 
but the Father abiding in me does his works? Believe that me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. The pure milk of the word, Jesus is the indisputable image of God in the flesh. Now, on to the fact about the matter, which is the substance, material, elements, ingredients, and stuff in the sky and beyond, and on the surface of this planet down to its core, yes, Jesus created all things out of nothingness. Remember, formless and void? The plain old truth, no structure, no form, no configuration, was vacant, uninhabited, and purposeless. Jesus' workmanship includes the center of the black hole to an atom, and that would be the A-T-O-M and the A-D-A-M. So the simple truth, all things that you see, hear, and touch, you know, the visible, were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible, as I paraphrase Hebrews 11.3. Therefore, your ability or inability to, and you fill in the blank, happens at the behest of the Creator. You must also include his, in his creation angelic beings that exist in the heavenlies to the newest and cutest arrival on the planet. Jesus' creation includes kings, presidents, prime ministers, and all others, because this place was formless and void, and he laid the foundation of the earth. He set its measurements. He laid its cornerstone. He enclosed the sea. He placed the boundaries. He knows the way to the dwelling of light. He sends forth the thunderbolt. He makes the seeds of grass to sprout. He puts wisdom in the innermost being and gives understanding to the mind. He sets the territories settlements and colonies, countries, domains and boundaries, authorities, establishments, institutions, and thingamajigs, doohickeys, and contraptions. Because it was empty, and you accomplish your disciple work with someone on the other side of the world and have no way or means to accomplish it, nor did you even know the how and the who and where they existed, you know, like diving deep with D.L., you really think a flawed, finite, created being was astute enough, judicious enough, perceptive enough, and cerebral enough to think and to work all things out themselves? No, my fellow disciples, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen? As Romans 30, uh, correction, Romans 11.36 testifies. Now, it would only make good sense Jesus would be before all things because he's the creator of all things and all things are held together by him because without him holding all things together, everything, I mean everything, comes apart at the core. And life as you know it ceases to exist. That's the God's honest truth. So, you know why Jesus was able to walk on water in his humanity. It's because he created it. And since he knows water's molecular structure... He proved it by walking on it, and he also allowed Peter to experience this phenomenon. Can you imagine Peter, a fisherman, who surely had fallen in the water at least once, and so have you, and no, you cannot sustain yourself on top of the water, and now walking on it? Amazing, is it not? Now, if you've never heard that God accomplished this feat, and not only him, but he also commanded Peter to prove it as well. And the truth is in Matthew 14, 24 through 29. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. 
and when it was evening he was alone. But the boat had already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And then he, they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat, and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Praise God! The pure milk of the word, whatever Jesus commands, happens. Everything, everywhere, and everybody obeys Jesus' command, just like the water, the wind, and gravity. Just like everything, everywhere, and everybody. Now, what does that communicate if you're not obeying Jesus' commands? But are you? So if Jesus says come, then you. And if Jesus says go, you. If he says wait, you. And if he says stay, you. So how does his command work with welcome and depart? God adds this truth in a few verses later in Matthew 14. It's verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and, beginning to seek, cried out, Lord, save me. The plain old truth, when God moves your eyes off Jesus, you become fearful and start to plunge, because God can change the solidity of a surface, just like the water Peter was treading on, or his feet, because he created Peter, and he knows Peter's molecular structure as well. And when you do call out to Jesus and praise him because he gave you the voice to call out. And what did God do that day? He can do today. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Can anyone testify to being caught by God before you nosedive into the abyss? Here's another phenomenon. It's Jesus' ascension. You know, having his feet firmly planted on the Mount of Olives outside of Bethany and was leaving this planet by way of divine power, and he again proved nothing he created has power over him. So gravity is no one else's friend, that is, except the creator of it. Jesus could overpower gravity because he created it. Jesus defied gravity way before Hook and Newton wrote about it in the 1600s. Jesus defied gravity 1,500 years earlier. Listen to this truth. It's Acts 1, 9 through 11. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Jesus conquered gravity because he conceived it. Amen? Now, 
I pray you've heard the use of all things, and it aligns with Colossians 1, where God says four times all things. So I will ask you again, what do tell on this planet is not included in all things? So now, this is going to be a simulated legal proceeding, and with real proceedings, and they could be in a simulated one as well, you must have witnesses to confirm that any presented testimony must be the truth and nothing but the truth. And I know there are lawyers out there that would confirm that's the plain old truth. And at this moment, you've been selected by the judge who judges the living and the dead to be on this jury panel. So, my fellow disciples, take your duty seriously. So, members of the jury, God addresses this truth principle as well as others about the witnesses. Listen to what Jesus says through his disciple Matthew in Matthew 18:16. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so by the mouth of two or three witnesses every fact may be confirmed. The plain old truth Witnesses and facts confirm truth or lies. So, here's your first witness. But let me first testify. You and I don't know these witnesses personally, but there were some that did. So we must go off of what God who speaks the truth to honor what God has made evident within us, his invisible attributes, eternal power, and divine nature. We all have clearly seen it, understand that we and anybody we've known didn't make it, and we all know that everyone other than God possesses a sin nature. So, God's word reigns as truth. Amen? Now, let me tell you what God says about Job so you will believe his testimony. God says, That man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. And, because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So there's the evidence from God that Job speaks the truth. Amen. This is Job's testimony, and God recorded it in Job 42.2. I know you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job is testifying to God's omnipotence, wonder, and authority. God has made it known to Job. God does anything and everything within his creation, and all things exist because he created it. God's power surpasses any power he creates. The simple truth, what God decrees, sanctions, or ordains will be. You need evidence? And I will provide what God has said, and it's through God's disciple Isaiah in Isaiah 55:11. So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. And that's whether we understand it or not, agree with it or not, it's going to be what God desires to carry out in and through all things in his creation. Amen? Now, next to testify is Solomon. I will testify to what God says about Solomon, and it's in 1 Kings 4.29. Now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breath of mind like the sand that's on the seashore. The simple truth, God made Solomon the wisest man on the planet during his life. And some may have questioned, 
Others held Solomon in the highest regard for his wisdom that was bestowed in his mind by God. Yet, Jesus confirmed Solomon's level of wisdom when Jesus said to his disciple Luke in Luke 11:31, The queen of the south will rise up with men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Now Solomon's testimony is in Ecclesiastes 11.5. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Now, right this minute you have Job and Solomon both saying all things. Amen? Now, the plain old truth, to make means to create, build, construct, craft, produce, and prepare all things. Now, before we hear from the last witness, I must ask you again, what is not in all things? Can you name anything? Now, the final witness, and please understand, God could line up witnesses from one end of eternity to the other. That would testify to the evidence that God's work includes all things in and through his creation. That's a fact. I think think I heard someone say, evidence, please. Well, here it is. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and the elders. And the number of them were as myriads and myriads, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Just so you know, this testimony is from a surprise witness named John one of Jesus' disciples, which God, the Holy Spirit, inspired John's testimony in Revelation 5, 11-13. Now, this planned witness could not only testify to his own spiritual death and blindness, but also is going to testify to the truth of God. And even though in his own mind he was deceived to believe he was doing God's work by persecuting disciples who were following the way, then... And only then, which is included in all things, God made him alive. And then this disciple lived out the work of God ordained for him to do. When he was spiritually dead, many knew him as Saul of Tarsus. And today, you know him as the Apostle Paul. This is what God said to his disciple Paul in the letter to the disciples in Rome. It's Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Did you hear it? God causes all things. Now, the truth that has been recorded as God wanted it to be recorded in your heart, your mind, your eyes, and your mouth, my fellow disciples, and each witness lived at different times in God's creation, all used the same two words brought forth by God the Holy Spirit, about God, and that's all things. And it would be pure foolishness on our behalf to try to figure out an omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent eternal God with our imperfect, finite minds compared to God's perfect and infinite essence. Now, 
Based on the judge's request, we will recall a witness or two who's still under oath, and apparently the judge believes you must hear their testimony. Amen? And the reason is because everyone has had thoughts of what a particular person should or shouldn't do and have offered suggestion after suggestion as to the course of action as to how someone must do shh, try not to speak. Listen to what God said to his disciple Isaiah in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, you believe God? Because God put belief in you. And you praise God because he taught you how. And you are the evidence of their workmanship in all things within his creation. Amen? Now, let's bring about this truth. So, you are the son and daughter of, and you have your name. Did you decide when those people should meet? Did you influence their intimate decision? Did you tell them where you should live? Did you pick the hospital or the place where you were born? Did you pick your name, skin color, eyes, and hair? Did you decide the day you were born? Did you know the second conception occurred? Did you make yourself see, hear, talk, and walk? God confirms he's the architect of all things. Listen to this testimony from another surprise witness, and it's this. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. God used David for this means of testimony in Psalm 139, 13, and 14. Isaiah is back to testify too. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. That's Isaiah 43, 7. Do I need to go on? Or is God bringing illumination to all things means all things? That's life. Here's death. Do you know when your last breath of life will take place? Do you know if your death will be peaceful or painful? Will you be alone or will there be others with you? Will you have a chance to say goodbye to your loved ones? Can you say for certainty what month, day of the week, time of day it will be? Do you know where the service will be held? Again, do I need to go on? God makes it incredibly obvious in Ecclesiastes 3.2, a time to give birth and a time to die. Are you in control of time? How about your job? Do you really think you chose that place to work? Do you really think that you decide who will govern a particular country? Do you understand what God says in Romans 13.1, every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. God is sovereign over this world, and anyone that exists with any power, the devil's included in this biblical truth, is all under God's sovereignty. It's by his providence that he dispenses the administration into their control and not the other way around. And any power that is given comes from God. 
and this truth is confirmed in John 19, 9-11c. When Jesus was before Pontius Pilate, who was the governor in Rome, that God put in place, in the providence of Judea, and he entered into Praetorium again, said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you, and I have the authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. The pure milk of the word, it's easy to be deceived, and even worse is self-deception, to think that anyone possesses any power or any authority by any other means than the authority established by God. It's apparent God veiled the eyes and mind of Pontius to God's all things that was to be carried out. And Pontius is only a utensil in God's kingdom plan of redemption for humanity. Pontius' ignorance to his own authority was when he spoke, when he should have been silent. And Jesus, in complete control, could have easily said, No, P.P., you don't because my Father causes all things. Now, this is an area that will strike at the foundation, and I pray God opens your heart and enlightens your mind to the fact that your salvation is a part of all things. Amen? Jesus now testifies. Now, the plain old truth, Jesus has been testifying all along, but he says this specifically. No one, can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. John 6:44. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John 14:6. I am the bread of life. John 6:48. With people it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Mark 10:27. So, in my summation, I must be prudent and only testify to what God has established, and it's this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock, Matthew 7:24. For if you forgive others of their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions, Matthew 6:14 and 15. You did not choose me. But I chose you, John fifteen sixteen. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb, I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone. Isaiah 44, 24. As we head back up, take this with you. I pray today God has brought forth enlightenment pertaining to his absolute sovereignty within his creation. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
The Word of God is full of the evidence of God's sovereignty, and it's obvious in the Old Testament and evident by Jesus in the New. Job 121 clearly confirms this absolute truth of God. It says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God made you for His purpose. You did not make yourself, and everything you have is because God gave it to you. He gave you creativity, skill, initiative, resourcefulness, and imagination, and numerous of others, personalities, characteristics, attributes, and traits. He provided power and the means, the capital, material goods, excess, and the lack thereof. It will not be those over there or here that takes away what anyone has. It will be and forever be God that provides and God that withholds all according to his will, work, and plan. If God created it, then he is the only one that can destroy it. That's the plain old truth. The defense has been made. I pray that God encourage you to follow Jesus. And you know, it will be by his hand that empowers you to make a purposeful effort to represent the hope that is in you, my fellow disciples. This would be included in Jesus' every word. It's Job 12, 9, and 10, and you'll understand why God said what he said about Job. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Final question. Members of the jury, you heard the evidence, and the oceans are full of the rest. What's your ruling? Is it all things or not? NGA. Court adjourned. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, you've made it clear. There is but one God, the Father, whom all things have come. And we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus, by whom all things, and we exist through him. Now all these things are from you, who reconciled us to yourself through Jesus so that in all things, Abba, you will be glorified through Jesus, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever. Because the summing up of all things in Jesus, things in heaven and things on earth, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. Enable us to always give thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God the Father. Abba. What more can I say, except not our will, but yours be done. I ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way.